Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock Legends with the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurs to come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is David Amon. And welcome to episode 69, nice, season 4, episode 11, entitled Winter Madness, originally airing January 21st, 2010. David, if you would, please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. It's January, and it's cold, and it's miserable, and everyone's depressed. So Pete helps Liz comes up with the idea to take a show on the road to Miami. Jack approves, but decides they have to go to Boston instead so he can see Nancy. So while they're in Boston to direct the cast's ire towards another target, Liz blames a totally made-up executive who turns out not to be made-up after all. Meanwhile, Tracy's always getting into trouble when he's out of town, and... Even a pleasant historical walk can't keep him yes. out of trouble. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I feel like I was expecting you to like this episode more than I would like it, and I think the, uh, the end result is I ended up liking this episode more than I expected. I remember liking it, and you were not a fan. No, I don't like. I didn't like it very much. I I think I like it better because. It's not as fillery as the last couple of episodes have been. Like, this is continuing, even though I don't care for the character, it's continuing the Nancy and Jack storyline. Um, and it sort of has the most meat uh, that that story has had in a, in, yet, I think. But, sort of, but not really, because it ends up in a place where the, Nancy basically says she's not ready to do anything yet, so they're right. kind of in the same stasis. But they address the reasoning why. You know, like, the last thing we hinted at was they're in a troubled relationship now it's more official where he the husband has eventually officially left and nancy wants to move on but she's preventing herself and so it's like it's setting something up and the only sort of sort of negative i have about it is that it just sort of like well one no one on the tgs crew gets any sort of reciprocation liz gets liz really learns nothing because once they find the real schnitterman that's that story wrapped up like nothing comes of it they don't get there's no comeuppance for them which that's fine sometimes sometimes that's okay and then it just is like right as the nancy and jack storyline is really starting to get going oh it's the end of the episode and then roll credits so it's like it feels like this almost could have been a two-parter like there could have been more uh but they just uh they cut it in half and they're going to set up for uh later on in the season so uh, that's the only really problem i have with it most of it is kind of just i mean a lot of the humor plays on just like stereotypical boston like yeah. everyone's irish and everyone loves the patriots and yada and they hockey talk funny and they, they got exactly. weird accents yeah so i thought it almost did something interesting where liz runs into the head writer for the radio show that records mm-hmm. in the studio where they're shooting third where they're shooting the girly show for the week um and I thought that was going to turn into a thing where, like, there she, I don't know, not, I wouldn't say learns from him, that sounds kind of right, but like, exactly, yeah. like, like, kind of sees how someone else handles being in the same situation. That's where I thought it was going. And it's like, she briefly meets him in the hallway, and then we never see him again. So I think, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I feel like that might have been a more interesting angle to mm-hmm. go down in the long run. It's just, it, it wasn't that it was... A terrible episode just uh, and there were some good jokes but it just like i don't know 
it, it wasn't it, compared to a, a bunch of other episodes you know it wasn't nearly as funny and i, I don't know no that's i mean it's 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 that mid-season lull where it's like not everyone's gonna be a banger they're all gonna be kind of hit and miss but uh i mean i'm sort of right in the middle of well i'm actually i'm nearing the end of a rewatch of how i met your mother and season six seven and eight of that series oh yeah i stopped I was watching kind it of ready to almost drop it because i was like man this is not really going anywhere and they're not repeating stories but it's just like i'm not that interested but now we're getting back into season nine and there's a few fillery episodes but it's still like there's a freshness almost to it that it's like oh okay like, this is gonna be sparked back up again but it was like man if, if they didn't wrap it up at nine i wouldn't want to continue anymore because i'd just be like oh my god yeah please. i stopped watching it i think in it must somewhere between five and seven i stopped watching it. and then i came back and i watched the final season but then i stopped watching the final <laughs> season when they were like i can't remember how many episodes were left i i never actually watched the finale i know what mm-hmm. happens because i just read to see what happened but mm-hmm. i i like I, I thought the season started off well and it put in that fresh spark that mm-hmm. that had been missing but even then like some at some point in the season i was just like yeah i'm yeah. over it but it's so if you don't know that the ending to how i met your mother uh, we do finally meet the mother, and it's the actress. You know her name. Kristen Milioti. There she is. So she shows up at the very end of season eight, and then she has a little arc all through season nine. And the, the I like the storytelling of season nine where the bulk of it is taking place over 48 hours. Um, so it's Barney and Robin's uh, wedding and their rehearsal and them all getting together. Um, and But it still does that thing where it flashes forward and flashes back and the How I Met Your Mother formula. Um, but it still just has some moments that are just like, yeah, they. if you watch that series from beginning to end again, at the very end, like one of the last things the kids say to the dad is, I mean, yeah, the whole story was about how, how you met mom, but why aren't you with Robin at this point? Um, and so like, that he's like, what do you mean? He's like, they're like, literally every story you've told has been about robin and how you've missed robin and how you want to get robin back and if you're rewatching that series like almost every season cliffhanger ends with him pining for robin so it actually like i feel like they may, they set it up that that was going to be the ultimate end game for that show is it was going to be robin that he ends up with even though she's not the mom of the kids genetically it made sense that he ends up with her. So, like, I don't know, like... But still, it was... The, the, but the whole show is about building up to... Well, actually, the, the, the best way I saw described was you literally had eight seasons of building up to the mother who we'd ever meet as, like, this almost mythical figure in the show. Like, somehow, they still managed to cast an actress who is, like, is absolutely perfect. Like, they, it, it would have been easy for that role to end up being, like, humdrum or mad or just kind of like, oh, all this time for this. Like, they, they got somehow managed to get really lucky and cast an actress who, like, pulled it off, had the charisma to, like, be absolutely perfect for that role and and, and get to the end and just screw it all up by all of a sudden, like, oh, we met the mother. Oh, by the way, she died I mean, of cancer. Yeah, she Spoiler. Could, well, she, she could have <laughs> had, like, a two-season arc where she gelled with the group a little bit more. Because I do think I would absolutely. Agree I mean, I don't mind that. I think the way they did it is is fine. It's just the ending kind of takes away from. I mean, I, it takes away from the titular line of the show of how I met your mother, but all of that led to that, so it still made sense. But I absolutely get someone being upset or not digging the finale. That's totally fine, but that's not what this podcast is about. So, um, any other thoughts on how I met your mother? I'm sorry, Thirty Rock. Before we hop in. 
or explicitly this episode rather because we have plenty of thoughts on 30 rock that's all we have a podcast about but any other thoughts before we hop in let's hop in all right so the cold open is basically going to uh set up the reason that liz and pete start pitching uh, a move out of new york for the show uh, and explaining winter madness Good morning, Lemon. Ugh, I hate January. It's dark and freezing and everyone's wearing bulky coats. You can do some serious subway flirting before you realize the guy is homeless. Work is awful. Everyone's snippy and tense. Well, the lack of sun makes people depressed. It's called seasonal affective disorder. Oh, is that where the word sad comes from? What? You think sad is an acronym invented by psychologists? I've been stuck inside playing online boggle. It's messing with my head. Star, rats, arts, tars. It's from Nancy. She said she's in line behind the female Larry Bird. Oh, God, there's a photo. Oh, come on. How is female Larry Bird holding hands with a guy? What am I doing wrong? What's that for? I'm telling Nancy that I'm with female Kevin McHale. So what's going on with you and Nancy, anyway? Yeah, we're just friends. It's platonic. I have elaborate fantasies of her husband dying in a boat explosion. But she's getting divorced, right? Well, she hasn't mentioned it. It's not the sort of thing you discuss by text or email. Uh, this is my stop. Stop. Pots. Tops. Ops. Post. I think about that joke all the time, the Enneagram joke, because I love Enneagrams and they're so much fun. But it also makes me think of you because you play that word game where it's like six, seven letters and then there's one letter you have to use, but then you have to spell it. Oh, the letters. spelling bee? New York Times spelling bee? Yeah. Sure. That's, is that what it's called? Yeah. Why is it called the spelling bee? I don't know, because that's what they named it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the, the I think the grid is like the shape of a honeycomb, and I mean... Oh, that's right. So there, there, there's eight letters, and I don't that know, there's like bees, a cute mascot and spelling bees a thing. I don't know. I mean, some combination mm-hmm. of all those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun, though, isn't it? It's addictive. Yeah. I think anagrams are my favorite sort of word game to play. I feel like I'm pretty good at them. Yeah. Well, it makes that one... It's, it's, I mean, it's anagrams, but it's like letters can be repeated. So it's mm-hmm. like... It takes a little while. Like, the first... It took me a little while to get into the habit of... You're still just seeing the letters there and, like, rearranging those. It's like... A lot of times, you know, it's it's because of your half repeating letters. So it'll be like... You know, like, I don't know. Like, if, if you had... You're trying to... If Glillings was a possibility, like... B-I-L-L-I, but you have the I's and the L's repeating, and it's like, until you get in the habit of thinking of repeating letters, it's like your brain doesn't yeah. go there, so it's... Because, I mean, there's some games that, like, you're only allowed to use the letter once, mm-hmm. so you're probably just stuck in that rule. Yeah. So when it comes to, like, oh, no, you can use as many letters as you want, as long as it's actually... Although, there are some proper nouns that they don't allow yeah. that... Boo, I don't like that, but... Um... No. I mean, I feel like most word games don't allow proper nouns. No, Scrabble doesn't, right? Scrabble doesn't. Boggle, I'm pretty sure, doesn't. I Words think Boggle's a rule. Versus Scrabble, I think. I think Boggle's left up to the... the I mean, I mean, all the rules are yes. the rules. You can change them however you want. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know. Anagrams are run. And I was heartbroken to learn that Bananagrams is a thing. Because I had that thought. I was like, that would be a perfect oh. game to create. And it already existed. And I was so bummed. <laughs> I'm so sad. Oh, well. Anyway, Liz is in the uh, office, and she's not the only one with winter madness. Morning, Kenneth. Good morning, Miss Lemon. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap at you. 
I've got winter madness. Lutz, do the right thing. What's going on? It's Lutz's turn to pick where we eat today. Oh, boy. Lutz, don't do this. But it's my turn to pick. I'm the picker. Lutz, look at me. It's a long year. Think of the group. Subway. Oh, guys, calm down. I know we're all tired and cranky, but we just got to get to the end of the season. And hey, who knows? Maybe some people won't be coming back next year. I don't care. Worth it. So wasn't Subway doing all that NBC product placement during this time? Yeah. Like, do sure what were they sponsoring you know what i mean like usually like brands will if they're even if they're in product placement, like they won't let their brand be besmirched in any way so it's like they're mentioning it but it's like it was like talking about how much or you know reacting as if that's like a terrible suggestion so i'm thinking did subway pay for that uh well i mean i don't know i mean we could check the end credits usually have like commercial promotional consideration, consideration. Yeah. so if subway's in it they'll probably be like no but I don't think anyone explicitly says that the food is bad. They are just disappointed in that choice. Like, because the location of it's New York, you could literally have a variety of things. Much you wouldn't necessarily, you most likely would not order a name brand. No, I restaurant right. or, I, or whatever. I get that. No, I know, but I think that's the joke is that they are paying for the promotion, but they're also like, why would you choose Subway of all places? But then also Shell gets a name drop at the end, so that's true. But I see more organic. I don't know, like this. Yeah. I mean, like you know, like you're right. But that I don't know. I feel like that wasn't as yeah. prominent. Like it's not as prominently said or reacted to. I don't know. Well, there's no product placement outside of the word usage, so no, there was no promotional. Right. So what I'm saying, I can't imagine there was because brands, I mean, are pretty, pretty protective, protective of. Yeah. I mean, some like. Obviously, like the Wendy's Twitter account is like can be whatever, but in general, like brands don't, I don't know, just don't. They they can try to be, quote unquote, edgy from a from mm-hmm. a corporate perspective, but they still don't want their brands. I, I don't know. It just like yeah. yeah, it's just like I'd be curious to know because I mean, this is when I mean, like Subway so was like it was almost a parody of how much product placing they were doing on like especially I think Chuck and Community, but I mean we've talked about it before, but well. I don't think Community had started its product placement because Community, that, that happened around like season four or five okay. and they started doing that. So that would have been a few years after this. Okay. So maybe they hadn't started promotional mm-hmm. yet. So, I don't know. Uh, we come back from the cre- uh, the opening credits and Jack gets a call. Oh, hello. Hey, Jack. Go to the Horton. Ingo the octopus. Uh, Nancy, I'm sorry, the audio's bad. Jonathan, why do I have an Indian assistant if my computer is always... Jack, I'm messing with you. Oh, very funny, Donna, the... Oh, the computer froze. Nice. So, uh, to what do I owe the pleasure? I wanted to tell you I'm coming down to New York. Oh, really? When? June 5th, for my son's graduation. So, five months from now. Okay. Well, maybe you'll come up here before then? Well, my 25th reunion from Harvard Business School is June 5th. <sighs> That's too bad. Well, I should go. I gotta scrape the icicles off the gutters. I'm tired of waking up to a porch full of dead squirrels. God, I miss Boston. See ya. 
So that's the third bit of technology that I've seen, uh, at least in this episode, presented where Jack and Nancy are discussing either via email, text, or uh, webcam, which, as we learn in their in this episode, they're both in their 50s or around 50, and it seems like almost not not advanced in a derogatory term, but a little bit advanced for them to be using communication that way. Like text, I could kind of buy, but considering she's potentially about to go through a divorce, wouldn't um, like text be the most discreet way of talking to someone rather than having like a webcam set up? And I don't well, know, it, it if her like husband's not even there anymore, it doesn't really true. matter. I guess it doesn't make I mean, a She's not trying to hide anything. So. Yeah, and it just seems like they would be calling each other. I mean, I feel like people in that age group now are still calling people rather than webcam and texting. I mean, your mom is around that age, but she's a little bit more technologically advanced. Your dad is the same way. But my parents are around the same age, but they don't. I mean, they know what texting is and they could do it, but they're much more comfortable yeah. just I mean, it probably depends on the person. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Jack is someone who, I mean, if, I mean, even 10 years ago, like video conferencing was a thing, so... Yeah. 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 Obviously. So, I mean, when you saw something that Jack does, and I don't know. I mean, maybe Nancy likes to video chat with all of her maybe. faraway relatives. Maybe and... she turned him onto it. But that could have been like a throwaway line to to, 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 to showcase that. Anyway, uh, Pete has a great idea um, to help boost him around the Thirty Rock office or TGS office. Liz, I have an idea. Somebody to boost morale. Pete, no. I listened to you when you wanted to take the staff to see that R-rated hypnotist, and that sucked. He was pretty bad. Nutmeg. Rodeo, rodeo, rodeo. Look, I think we can take the show to Miami for a week. What? Can we afford to do that? If we do it on the cheap, double up rooms, think about it, Liz. Florida. I can run a convertible. You can complain about the heat with elderly people. I can sell this to Jack. Cross-promotional, deal mechanics, revenue streams, jargon, synergy. That's the best presentation I've ever seen. Get started right away. <laughs> One little thing. Instead of Miami, make it Boston. But I, I bought a parrot shirt. So I know Jack's a corporate type, but... Do you really think at all he was thinking this is a good presentation? Or was it really just, oh, oh I, I found my excuse to get her to Boston? Yeah, it's definitely that excuse. Otherwise, I think if if they wanted to, if they wanted it to be the other way around, if Jack bought into the presentation, the call with Nancy would come after, and then he would come into Liz's office and be like, can we make one quick change and make it Boston and walk out? I mean, that's your act break yeah. to set up. The, uh, yeah, plus we know he, I mean, we know he loves corporate talk, but yeah. I think the whole time... Jargon. Yeah. Revenue streams. They could have shown that from his point of view. Yeah. And all he's hearing is blah, 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 jargon, blah, 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 synergy. But yeah. all he's thinking is like, can, they, can we go to Boston? Can we go to yeah. Boston? Like, they could have shown it from his point of view and yeah. done that Charlie Brown want, want, want thing. Like, could have done that. But I, I think they could have done it a different way. But I think, yeah, in his mind, he's just like, I love it. But I know I'm going to say we're going to go to Boston instead. So... But I feel like this idea of taking a show on the road is such an archaic idea because you don't see it in sitcoms that much anymore. Like it used, I mean, mm-hmm. or, or, or at least, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm sorry, it's, in sitcoms you do see it. Yeah. I'm so, I, I, I mean like um, shows similar to TGS, so SNL, um, the late night talk shows. How many on-site 
things do that anymore. Like, I mean, I remember it used to be in, in the 80s and the 90s, you know, like Wheel of Fortune would have like Chicago and yeah. Florida. And I think, I mean, Mo- morning not, shows definitely do that. I think after 9-11, it was probably a lot more difficult to try and get an entire team of... I mean, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the, the, the Today Show, I mean, famously, like, always goes to the Olympics wherever it's being hosted. Yeah, but I mean, I the mean, Today Show is a trip. safe show. That's what I'm saying, but that's the right. same. Like, I'm it. saying, like, a smaller show probably doesn't have the expenses to be able to bring their entire crew to an entirely new city, covering all the costs and expenses to do that. Whereas, like, sometimes with Today Show, Today Show is the most safe show in terms of like they can kind of do whatever they want because they don't have that much competition to compete no right but i mean but what safe. what show i mean really other than snl like, what mean, show SNL is com- but right really i'm saying but that's literally the only that's really the only comparable show so i mean you're only saying because you know what i mean but, like, i mean i guess like i don't know like i guess sitcoms still do like getaway episodes oh but, for sure because the ABC, because I still watch a couple well, of ABC I mean, Family Comics, they yeah. always have at least one or two vacation or go somewhere episodes every season. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking like, so remember TGF would always do like the crossover slash visit to Disney World, mm-hmm. at like arcs, like they would do like multi-episode arcs. I don't know, maybe, I get, maybe I'm just dead to the idea of, because I know like they have the vacation episodes, usually it's around this time in the arcs or in the seasons where they're coming back from Christmas or usually the season premiere is them coming back from a vacation but i don't know i'm trying to think of anything recently where because i feel like shows are shot relatively so inexpensively now that they can't afford to do that many location shots because they have to keep the well, yeah. down. i mean it seems like show like tgs is i mean obviously it's it's on stage it's on stages and whatever anyway mm-hmm. so it's not like the location they're in matters that much so but i mean i don't know it's it's, I mean, yeah, like Full House for would, random like, ratings boost. Yeah. People will I don't like know. Full House would go to Hawaii. Full House would go to right. Disney World. I can't think of a, like Modern Family. Did they ever go? Anywhere? Oh, for sure they had. Yeah. I mean, I know they had episodes dedicated to vacations, but did they go to like, actually named areas and film there, or is it like filmed in a location and said that it's X place? You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I haven't watched Modern Family in ten years. So. I mean, they all have episodes where they go to Hawaii or. Right. Beaches or whatever, yeah. and it, I mean, it could, right? It could just be filmed somewhere at a beach in LA, but I don't, I, I don't yeah. really know where they actually film them. Yeah. Um, I know. I, I guess I, I don't know. Like when they, I just really just basically thought of morning shows. Is I mean, I feel like morning shows do on weeks at a certain place, like outside, of, you know, from New York, outside of New York, all the time, so, or not all the time, but you know, at least like seeming like once a season or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Do those things go through the summer? Uh, I, I like they think take a so. break, right? think they pretty much go year-round i think they maybe just use um like it's not that's necessarily the same anchors like because yeah, no like on the weekends for sure it's always like the it's just not as big name people who do it on the weekend so i just kind of just guess it's like that probably the yeah. of time like the big names i don't like keep the up with them in the spring to, and then in the summer and winter they're probably yeah. the backups uh, Pete and Liz pitch the news to the writer's room, and it does not go over well. Woo! Okay, exciting news, guys. This week, TGS is going on the road. There's a rumor that it's Miami. Is it Miami? Close. It is a city with an NBA team, and even though Will Smith never wrote any raps about it, the poet Robert Lowell lived there. 
Okay, we're going to Boston. No one's happy. Uh, no, 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 it's gonna be fun. How? Their bars close at two. You know, I went to college in Boston. Well, not in Boston, but nearby. No, not Tufts. Shut up. It's 14 degrees up there. How is that supposed to make us feel better? Harvard. You haven't told to shut up. Come on, silver lining. It's a fun vacation on the show's dime. FYI, to pay for this vacation, we need to cut some corners, so we will be doubling up hotel rooms, and we are going by bus. Mm. Also, there is no SpectraVision or internet in the hotel, so plan ahead, gentlemen. Porn-wise. Yeah, I have to say, luckily on, I think, any, like every business trip, conference, work, conference, whatever I've ever been on, like, everyone always got their own room. Like, my biggest nightmare, and I want to say I'm exaggerating, but I really don't know if I'm exaggerating that much, is, like, being, like, on a trip and, like, have to share a hotel room with someone. Like, that just sounds like an absolute nightmare to me. Yeah. That's like, I literally can't, like, I would rather pay and get my own room and just pay personally mm -hmm. than have to share a room with yeah. anyone. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's, and it's no offense toward, towards that no, person. No, 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 it's no, It's all no. about, like, I have my own things that I do in my room. And, and even if they're not anything bad, it's just, you don't know if that person snores, they talk in their sleep, like, they sleep apnea, whatever. Like, they could have a variety of things mm -hmm. that... Could prevent you from getting your normal routine done. Yeah, same. Yeah. Plus, I have so a very specific routine when I, you know, what I mean, when, yeah. when I go up, get up, and go through things to get ready. Like, yeah, I'm not interested in having right. things to get in the way of that. Right. Like, if you're not the first to shower, then you have to wait to right. shower. Right. I mean, fitting, our, like, yeah. I mean, our routines are intertwined where what we work out and go mm -hmm. where we need to, and it whatever, and it's fine. Yeah. But that's different than <laughs> with a random. Well, because because with your person. partner, you can be a little bit more. Aggr not aggressive in a bad way, but like aggressive. Right. Or like you can say something if it's yeah. with a coworker. You and plus, you learn and you learn your routines over time. So even yeah. when you're traveling, you still know. Yeah, with how a person that work. you're spending a weekend with, that's a coworker, you can't say, "Here's the deal: I get up at seven. I have an alarm that goes off. I have a thing that keeps me. I have white noise machine that does this. I shower at seven yeah. thirty. I have my coffee at eight. Yeah. Like plus, there's like one coffee maker in the room. There's usually only like two. I'm have to make like two cups of coffee. So it's right. like so it's like you, you go have to first. Share the coffee? Is that selfish? Like, Do you have to wait? I don't want to wait. I want my coffee now. So it's like it's terrible. all these things you have to like walk on eggshells with. But it's like it's like I I would absolutely do the same thing. I would get my own. And this is total privilege speaking, but it's like I'd either get my own room or find an alternative because I just I wouldn't want to do that like I remember back when I was working at the hotel whenever like winter time came around and they were um, because it's a year-round hotel and they are open almost 24 7 uh, if there was a warning of like a winter like winter snowstorm and you might not be in an area where you could easily get out and come to work if you need to come to work they would offer up a hotel room and on paper, it sounds good. And then you ask about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, you would shack up with someone else. Ah! And it's like, do I even know this person? Like, no, you probably wouldn't know them. And I'm like, I don't like that at all. Like, I, it would obviously be someone that also works. It's not like a, it's not a, a customer. So it's still someone that works there. But, I mean, they had a thousand different employees. I don't know any of them. I barely know the people I work with. I don't know the other people. And it's just like, no, that's, I'll, I'll suffer at home. And if I get snowed in, so be it. I'm not sharing a room with a potential stranger. And now I have a fear of anything. It's just I'm not comfortable with that in any means. Like, 
No, thank you. Uh, but anyway, the Winter Madness is running rampant through the writer's room and we haven't even left uh, New York yet. Did Pete just say we're doubling up rooms? Did he? This is the worst. What if uh, you and I room together? Oh, no. Twofer and I already talked about it. You can't have talked about it! You just said you didn't even know about it! You think I like sharing a room with Twofer? Dude is still playing that Obama song. And yeah, I know you're standing there! Hey, fellas, we're getting Tracy his own room, so I assume you two will pair up? Why would you just assume we would room together? Why would he assume we wouldn't? I don't know, maybe because one of us still hasn't read the other screenplay? I read it. I just didn't like it. Hey, sweet. I thought you and I could be roommates. Go out, meet guys, share clothes like twinsies. What size are you? Usually designers just make clothes for me. But when I do buy stuff, I'm a child's medium. Well, I only wear designer labels. These are Jamie Foxx for Ass Farm. But I can't room with you. Sue and I already talked Why? about it. Why? You know Sue says stuff about you behind your back. What? She always says stuff to me about you. Wait, what? I was making my thing up. You bitch! What did you tell her, you von Druk? Liz Lemon, I can't go to Boston. Oh, Tracy, come on. You don't understand. I get in trouble on the road. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here, Cleveland. You suck. I suck. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame sucks. Yeah. Hello. The road is a minefield, LL. All those angry drunks and new temptations. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. This Boston thing is Jack's idea. The stupid Irish pizza. Oh, boy. Boston is not going to go well. So the last few weeks you've been kind of like thinking Tracy's just been on the show. That's yes. Similar. That's that's still the pattern you think for this. Oh, episode. I said, no, I think this episode was better because I mean yeah. he. I feel like he got more scenes and had more presence in this episode than yeah. a lot of the more recent ones. He's still not necessarily like an important plot point. No. But, but honestly, that was probably that. my favorite storyline of the episode. I think he shines in this one. Yeah. Just him like calling out all the. Inaccuracies in, in yeah. American history. <laughs> well, not inaccuracies, but hip- hypocrisy. Hypo- yeah, well, that's both are applicable. Well, I mean, what's inaccurate? Well, the end, the end credit scene is inaccurate. He calls the guy out. All oh, right, yes, so. but that's not an inaccuracy of American history. That's some dude lying to be like, we weren't well, racist. Inaccuracy, inaccuracy is potentially a lie, right? Right, right, but it's not an inaccuracy of history. It's inaccuracy. Moving right. on, Bay Archer. Moving on. So we come back from the first act break and we're all set up in Boston. Kenneth and Jonathan are already being ha- uh, harassed by the uh, Bruins locals. Beat, the locals, the Bruins beat, uh, I guess, sports show. Yeah, or, uh, Bru- uh, the Bruins, Bruins are beat. hockey. Yeah, Bruins Bruce hockey. Bruins, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're already harassing Jonathan and Ken. Um, and Jack has his office set up and is arranged in such a way that you could probably pick out what are different the only thing I saw were the windows. Windows were a little different, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Nancy surprises Liz and Jack in his office. Oh. <laughs> You're not a part of this, Liz. Why didn't you tell me you were coming up here? I wanted it to be a surprise. I hope that you and, of course, Mark will come to the show on Friday. I can't believe I'm in the same building as Bruins Beat. Come on, give me a tour. Of course. Oh, actually, I'm going to tag along. I still haven't had a formal tour of the facility. So I'm going to stay here. What a long face. 
Your boss Sam making your life miserable? It's complicated, Sean. Yeah, I know what it's like. I'm the head writer of Bruins Beat. Trying to have it all. It's wicked hot. Yeah, so that's the storyline you thought they could have explained. Yeah, I thought that was in where it was going to go for the rest of the episode. But no, that's, yeah, that's I mean, all we see of him. I thought that could have been a fun dynamic of getting the Boston and the New York similars and differences yeah. kind of thing. And it's like it could have come in like then because they already talked about Jack's talking about someone find, finding someone to blame. So then this guy could have been like, oh, here's what I blame. And that's what Liz ends up blaming. And, and, yeah. and uh, I don't know. But uh, so the payoff of this uh, is Liz is like, I blamed it on Dale Slim. And so if you're paying attention in that scene, the door right on the other side of Jack's office, you can't, it's it's kind of out of focus, but the office is Dale. And they pointed out at the end too, but um, if you're looking, like that's where you see her get the name from because it's right in her eye view. So they kind of set that joke up and yeah. it pays off. So it's, it's fine. But yeah, no, I think they could have explored that Sean character a little bit more, which I think they could. That's why I think they also could have done with the Nancy and Jack stuff, done with Sean and Liz. Either maybe they have like a quick relationship or whatever, just to make it a two part episode and explore both a little bit more. But anyway, oh, we're not well. the writers. We're moving on. Uh, but Nancy. Uh, tries to hide it and can no longer hide it anymore and confesses everything to Jack. Is this where they do the news? Small, isn't it? I find that news anchors and breasts are always smaller than they look on TV. You can try it. I feel like Chet Curtis and Natalie Jacobson. Tonight's top story. A Worcester man accused of trading his foster son for gasoline. And later in the hour, 10 tips on how to make your cat's birthday go perfectly. Back to you, Nat. Nancy, are you okay? Oh, God, I swore I wasn't going to cry in front of you. <sighs> Mark left yesterday. He took a job in New Orleans. What? What about his roofing company? Apparently, Brad Pitt and Sharon Stone did a crap job rebuilding those Katrina homes, and Mark thinks he can make a fortune down there. But I know the real reason he left. He wants to force me to be the one to ask for the divorce. So you guys are having problems? I'm sorry. Oh, Jack, it's a mess. Suddenly he has his own bank account. We've had a house on the market for a year, and neither one of us know what to do about the dog, because we both hate it. Have you talked openly about divorce? Yeah, we talked to Dr. Phil, and then we made a collage in our dream journals. No! You know how it is up here. People don't talk. They just run off to New Orleans and jump on that BS Saints bandwagon. Go Pats. So there's a couple of jokes in there that I feel like topically they're not super great or have a different under a different light now. So the first one that stood out to me was the celebrities going down to help a tragedy during the Katrina. Yeah, during the Katrina era uh, period, I think that's more good intentions, good application. I think they did a good job in terms of one doing something physically and two. Uh, like raising awareness but then you apply it to the current situation with the pandemic and singing Imagine oh. and that's about it I mean I'm sure they're giving money and things like I mean, that that's not, I mean like, there have been a couple big specials there have that been. were actually helpful no I'm not saying that they're not doing anything now but it's like well, you like you pointed out earlier today to me, like Alicia Keys wrote a new song and it's called "Good Luck." You know, could you? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So that would be I'm terrible. Sorry. No, she wrote, she wrote a new song called "Good Luck." Jeez. 
I don't know. That would be awful. Uh, but I mean, some. I mean, like, and I'm sure the sales of uh, the MP3 or whatever that's sold are going to a charity or going to something, and it's good. Uh, it's good again. Good int- good intentions. Good application. But I feel like the I don't know. Celebrities, I think, in, in some instances, just should not be saying anything, and should just keep their mouth shut. And then I don't know, just give the money and not. I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm not a big fan of like celebrity endorsements of things because it's just like all the money that you're spending to create this ad or do this thing, just give the money to the donation and either put your name on it there or do it anonymously. You're still gonna get a tax break anyway from the charity donation when you have to file your taxes anyway. So it's like, it's like, what's the big appeal of spending millions of dollars to donate money when you can just donate all of that money? You know what? Oh, I mean, like, who so spent like, millions of dollars to donate money? Well, I mean, like when they're setting up all these charity things, like during the Katrina, they had lavish things like two or three nights that were primetime buyouts of media. And they would just have people come on and talk about, oh, this is such a tragedy, right. this thing's bad. So they're spending money to produce these shows. And getting lots and, and lots of donations lot of from people that but they wouldn't get if there they wasn't they just do that special? in an ad buy rather than buy out millions of dollars of, of media time and just spend that I mean, money towards the I telephones and things that have been going on for no, literally decades. And no. there's a reason why is it's, because they raise a lot of money. But... Who okay? So who's spending the money to produce those things? Is it the studios? Is it the, the networks that the they're network. being put on? So why aren't the networks just giving that money directly to the donations to the charities? In addition to asking because the, the money they raise to the television shows are in a lot a, more than they would in, just donate. Let me finish, please. In addition to creating an ad buy, mm-hmm. rather than spending millions of dollars and just promoting yourself for three hours, just give that money directly to the charity. I understand it's an entertainment, it's an industry, it's a business. You want to make more money. But you can just be spending that money directly to the charities and not have a three-hour special that's just almost self-relating and saying, look how good of a people we are and celebrities that we care about this thing and we're giving money and we're telling you that we're giving money so you should give money when you can just give the money and you don't need to present yourself in doing that. I've never liked that. I I don't get why that's a thing that people insist on doing every time there's a tragedy. I get it, but I don't like it. I guess okay. that's the end of it. I don't know. I always found that I've always found that like a totally abysmal argument because it's like the whole point is they're generating lots of publicity. Lots of people are tuning in, so there are lots of people are thinking about it. Lots of people are giving donations. Then they're maybe being driven to do things outside of just calling a number and donating money that night to helping contribute and yada yada yada. So is it like a how is the note? But I mean, but I said, but uh, yeah, okay, yes. Like there are plenty of celebrities who do things that are charitable or whatever just to create generate good publicity for themselves. But that there's a difference between a celebrity donating money and then making a big deal of it than like a network who I don't think they're spending millions of dollars to put these shows on because literally they're generally in a studio with people. So I'm I mean. I would be surprised if celebrities are taking appearance fees, and if they are, that they're all that much. I mean, the the only way they're paying for it, quote unquote, is in ad time that is not. I mean, ad time that's all subjectively set. So whatever as they're they're not taking money for is it could be whatever however amount of money, but it's not like. I mean, they they already have a suit. It's not like they're, they're spending all this money to use the space they already have to film people and broadcast the thing. So 
a student like by abc or whatever always networks to put on the stay at home concert or whatever it's called like i mean if that's not promoting abc i mean you know what i mean like what what is abc not i mean how is abc promoting themselves like if abc just said instead of broadcasting anything we're just going to give five million dollars to this i mean like what 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 how is ABC benefiting from that? No one's gonna say, "Oh, ABC gave them all this money, so now I'm gonna support all the well, watching I mean, ABC I, shows and support the Disney right. Corporation." Well, no, I know. Well, I mean, I guess I guess I'm looking at it from a bit more of a nihilist or just curmudgeon way of it. Like, well, ABC doesn't need the money. No, I mean, Disney I get what you're saying, but I think you're applying like, it wrong. They could like, just give the money if it was just. I mean, the imagine thing. Like, need the benefit of. Of promoting that they gave the money, they could but ABC is not promoting. ABC is not promoting that they gave money. ABC is <clears throat> showing all these celebrities and promote having people call in and generating awareness and getting donations and yada yada etc. They're not. I mean, but they're still benefiting from that by being the one. Right, person. but it. They, I don't know. Like that to me, that's a completely different scenario than a celebrity saying, "Oh, I'm giving a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars to this corporation." Like in reaping good PR for themselves that which in itself is not necessarily a bad thing either but I mean I don't know like I just don't understand how that applies at all to a network I mean no network is saying I don't know like it's different when it's a network putting on a multi-hour promotional thing like they're not I mean I'm sure yes they'll probably have ads for some of their shows or something like that but and, you know during the commercial breaks but it's not I don't know it's just not it's not they're not really promoting themselves in the same way you know what i mean or like I mean, whatever they benefit they get at is far outweighed by the amount of money they're raising like yeah yeah no that's fair i don't know it's just well, i mean like the sing-along thing they did last week or yeah, well that was. wasn't even a fundraiser that was just an hour right. so it's just an hour special. of good time but they put it up on hulu and i'm sure they're of reaping course. some sort of benefit from that because there's one they own hulu anyway so anyone that's watching that is going to get they're going to get some sort of revenue from yeah. it. well i mean it's like they sold ads on it but i mean it, it wasn't touted as a benefit or i mean there were there was no, no fundraiser i mean no it was it, it was a good time and it was just like right. But why not just then put that up on YouTube or something, like for free and run no ads on it? I, well, at least some of the performances definitely are up on yeah. YouTube. I don't know if they all are. I don't know. But... It's just I don't need a celebrity to tell me anything okay. about what they do or what they spend their money on. Like, right? But that's not that's but, different. That's a different that's thing different from what you were saying before. Like, well, no, I started with the celebrities. Well, but right, but then, but then you then started segued you into the whole network thing, which network, to me is which, it's is a, a diff- totally it's a different thing. Yes, it's a different thing. Right, like yes, like you you don't need a celebrity to. I, I I can I can gel with what you're saying there, but when you started going off into your the whole other thing like that, just I I don't know, I just I, I don't yeah mm-mm. not a great argument. I, I'll concede on that. Um, but the second thing that maybe hasn't aged that well is uh, the Doctor Phil reference because <laughs> yikes, he and I mean is he an actual doctor or? Are they like like him and Doctor Oz like actual doctors? I, so I want to say Doctor Phil has a doctor of some kind, but it's not in like the field of psychology that he became famous for. I can't, I, I don't know exactly all the details, but I mean, I don't know. Like I feel like any celebrity person like that who his, I mean, it's the point where I mean, has he had regular patients in years or anything? Like, you know what I mean? It's right. like his thing for years has been a TV show. So even if he, and I think Doctor Oz might, I think at least have started as a legit medical yeah. doctor. The same sort of thing where he's been out of touch with a show and not really practicing in normal for years. That you kind of get taken out of touch with 
best best interests. Well, good non-personal good practices. Well, I say yeah. best practices, but like good practices. Yeah. No, it's cool. We'll just sacrifice two to three percent of our children. I mean, get the herd immunity going, yes. and everything will be okay. Well, it's just people love discussing these in an abstract. Like, I don't know. Well, whatever. We don't need to get into this, but it's just like I, I just can't imagine what happens when these things that they talk about start happening to their families and people mm-hmm. close to them. Like, suddenly, then they'll suddenly have a very different opinion about. Old people are just going to die anyway, so they need to go. Or it's only a couple percent of the population. Right. Like when it hits their family, is suddenly yeah. they all have a different reaction. But yeah. anyway, anyway. <laughs> so um, Liz gives everyone a bit of an extended lunch and invites them on a historical walk around Boston. Unfortunately, Tracy's the only one that joins her, and he gets in some trouble because he just doesn't know when is too much. Wait. I would say I would say he's totally in the right. Oh no, he's absolutely in the right. But it's like you know, not in this. This isn't a situation of pick your battles. It's just like it's maybe just not the right place. Like you know, like to call some to call like a tour a big tour group of like I mean, if we when we were doing the the thing in um, Virginia, the Thomas Jefferson's house. Oh, uh, uh, oh my god. Montello. Montello. Yes. And like, well, one, the tour guide said some things that gave us all, or gave at least our group a little bit like, huh? Yeah. And she had the Hillary Clinton comment and things like that. Like, I don't think she meant it like that. No, I, I don't think she did either, but it was it just, just like the, word, the phrasing yeah. was like... Well, we, we should explain what it was. So yeah. back in the first elections, like the, the way, like the person who got the most votes was the president, the person who got the second most votes was the vice president. So basically mm-hmm. she said something to the effect of like, Thank God that still doesn't apply because otherwise, like Donald Trump would be president and Hillary Clinton would be vice president, or like, or, or she said like, thank God because then Hillary Clinton. Would, I, I can't remember. Like yeah. the way she said it, she made it sound like it was a, uh, it was like an anti-Hillary Clinton political yeah. joke. But I really think the point was just saying like because they were so diametrically opposed that it would, it would be, be really, really bad to have them both in the two highest offices. But the way yeah. she said it, it was just like seemed like a strangely very politically charged comment for yeah. someone just giving like a historical tour. Yeah, and then like so, I mean, like in that situation, Tracy would have been like, could have potentially been like calling her out and like yeah. making a scene and it's just like I would be all for it but at the same time like eh, maybe just not the place like maybe just chill out yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a good setup here where after Liz invites Tracy um, he says oh that sounds so fun what could possibly go wrong and then they focus in on Pete and he has the line smash cut too and then immediately it's a smash cut to them uh, in the next scene uh, and immediately Tracy's in trouble because he starts questioning the tour guide. Now what am I supposed to do? I got free time in a strange city. Why don't you come on the Freedom Trail with me? It's an educational walking tour. Perfect, like a cat birthday. How could I possibly get in trouble on a walking tour? Smash cut two. And I, John Hancock, with one stroke of my pen, set all Americans free. You lying white devil the only people you set free were rich white dudes like yourself i think my good friend and supervisor paul revere can address that i'm out kenny hey you know what we're gonna go no most dudes that sign a declaration of independence own slaves what about you john Hancock? well technically i just inherited my slave i knew it for a dude that has the most hilarious last name i ever heard you blow we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on Mars. 
Okay, he, he, he does go a little off trail there at the very yeah. end. Well, I mean, he's making good points. Nothing that he's saying is inaccurate or wrong. It's, you're right, he's calling out the hypocrisy of you know, they how how quick did they immediately get rid of the slaves that they owned after they signed that you know after they signed the uh, constitution? How quickly did they they didn't because most of them still kept slaves for right right so I mean, most like, of the nineteenth century. Like he says he freed all Americans. Well, right, right. Slaves were Americans. Exactly. <laughs> it took them a few more years to get freed. So we're back at the makeshift uh, TGS writers room. Uh, in the meantime, we'd start to cut some scenes. Uh, Nancy and Jack are trying to put in some repairs on her house so she could help make it a little bit more of a... I want to say sellable, but that's not the right word. What's the word I'm looking for? To make it more appealing, Yeah, I guess, uh, to potential buyers. Uh, so meanwhile, in the writer's room, everyone's still down and out, and Liz finally has it out to uh, take the... Take the Put the blame on someone Put else. Put the blame on someone else. Thank you. Why did you even get to pick lunch again? Because it's my birthday. And thanks for remembering. I'm 45. It's kind of a big deal. Who orders food from a gas station? The shell by me has good hot dogs. Guys, guys, come on. We're all in this together. Shut up, Liz. This is your fault. It's not my fault. I tried to do something nice. It was Jack. Sure, find a scapegoat. Just like John Hancock did with the good King George. Jack made us come to Boston. This isn't about Boston. Boston was just a mess that lit the powder keg, like the tragic events at Lexington and Concord. That's right. Yeah. Yes. We are sick of the long hours, the crappy food, sharing offices with the one black guy in New York who sucks. Getting stuck with new cast members who don't even hit on us once. Stop trying to send dirty text messages to my landline, Jenna. In the winter. Oh, Lord, the winter. Really? You're blaming me for winter? Well, we've got to blame someone. Who's it going to be if it's not you? Yeah. You want someone to blame? You. I'll give you someone to blame. Dale Snitterman. Okay, I'm out. Who the hell is Dale Snitterman? Dale Snitterman is the guy at NBC who makes all the decisions that make us unhappy. Snitterman is the one who canceled Taco Night in the commissary. Snitterman is the one who okayed that cast photo where your hair looks green. He's the one who keeps rejecting your summer shorts for the pages idea. Sounds like one of King George's hated tax collectors. Exactly. Thank you, Tracy. You guys think I'm the bad guy? Fine, I don't care. But I fight for you every day. And if Dale Snitterman had his way, the show wouldn't even be on. Bondrook. And all we can do to get back at him is put on the best damn show that we can and not give him the satisfaction of everybody turning on each other or me. I love you guys. So, it seems you can send a text to a landline. What happens? Uh, It looks like what happens is it basically becomes a, a recording that they get basically almost like a voicemail that Uh reads the message to you and then there is an option to reply back that gets sent back to them. I almost thought it was a joke, like just like a electronic voice just like weird or something, but I guess that's what happens. Yeah. Which I mean, seems kind of comical, like imagining what now Jenna has sent to him. Right. Like, yeah. So apparently you can. It's, It's a real thing. Tracy's also still up in arms about uh, which I think he's fully justified in uh, about Boston and once again the hypocrisies of everything going on. 
Although, well, he he gets a little too close to uh, the, the the British side with <laughs> King George is just the scapegoat of the, yeah, of the good revolution. King George, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess what. So, do you think this is him paying off of the knowledge because he wanted to do the Thomas Jefferson movie uh, back in season two? You think some of this is knowledge that he learned while prepping for all of that? Sure. Yay! We've come full circle. Good job, Tracy. So, we're back from the second act break, and Liz is riding high off her uh, lie, basically, to to her crew, and tries to explain her creative uh, process to Jack, who's also in good spirits, because he's got an idea to uh, buy Nancy's house. You wanted to see the world's greatest manager? Is Kiyoshi Kawashima of Honda here? No, it's me. I'm a genius. I made up a fake NBC executive and blamed everything that has ever gone wrong on him. The imaginary enemy classic move, Lemon. The Salem Witch Trials, the Red Scare, global warming. Now that you've cleaned up your little mess, I'll need to borrow some of your people to go to an open house in Waltham for me. Charlie what now? Nancy spilled everything. Her husband left. And they're getting divorced if she can find someone to buy their house. And that someone is you. I'm just going to be the money man. The transaction will be conducted by one of your staff who will be operating under the alter ego Silas Marymount Peppercorn, uh, a name I came up with. Ah, you should have come to me for your fake name. My executive, Dale Snitterman. (laughs) Amazing, Levin. Where do you come up with this stuff? Well, you know, the creative process is always a mystery. I just wish I could get inside that marvelous brain of yours. Oh, wait. I can. Okay, in this instance, the creative process was that I saw that name, forgot that I saw it, and said it later. Meanwhile, Tracy's still out in Boston, uh, causing a whole bunch of tr- unfortunately getting into trouble when he insults the Patriots and a bunch of Patriots fans walk by. Well, it's not, he, he's not insulting the football he's game. Patriots. Say, I mean Patriots in terms of the uh, yeah. American the, 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 the tour guy calls himself a Patriot, so Tracy says he hates yeah. the Patriots, which of course some Patriot fans just happen to be walking by and take yeah. offense. Yeah. And do you think the Patriot fans are going to be bitter now against Tom Brady? Or they're gonna, like, I don't know. Like it's hard to tell. Thing of like, because I can see where he was with them for so long and had so much success that they, you know, they're fine with it. But sometimes fan bases get really fickle about things like that. So, yeah. well, just I mean, if if Tom Brady makes makes like statements in the media that are like provoking, then maybe. But unless unless that happens, then I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. I feel like the thing with LeBron though is he was so outspoken about it that that's what caused the, yeah. the potential rift. Even though he ended up going back, yeah. but and I mean, but I mean, Tom Brady was really there for a really long time and won a yeah. lot of Super Bowls. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he would have to do something pretty, I don't know, just arrogant or rude or bad, like towards whatever it's for. Yeah, would they? Going. Are they in? They're in the same division, right? So potentially, I don't. Oh, they're not. No, Patriots are. No, I think they're in. Uh, uh, so unless they get to the Super Bowl, well, you're you're not asking the NFL scholar, no, but I, 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 I think they're not. I think they're not the conference. I guess I'm thinking because they're both East Coast teams that they would be in the same division, but that yeah. doesn't that doesn't necessarily track because there's plenty of teams that are yeah, no, I, same coast but different divisions. I think they're in different conferences. Meanwhile, uh, as Frank is checking out the local cleaning talent, uh, he discovers the Snitterman office. Dudes, 
You're not gonna believe this. Snitterman is here. What? I was wandering around upstairs, checking out the local cleaning lady talent, and I found that son of a bitch's office. He's in Boston. We should go up there and mess him up for all the crap he's put us through. Right, Liz? Let's get him! Yeah! You little bitch! What? Look at you! You're just a suit! You're nobody! I don't even know why I was scared of this guy. Look, there must be some mistake. Don't try to explain yourself, Snitterman. You don't talk. You don't talk at all. <laughs> okay, I think he's really scared. We've done enough here. Never! Once! Truffle shuffle him! <laughs> So that's the end of that story. Poor Snitterman. Poor Snitterman. But nothing happens. Like, like there should be one more scene of like a comeuppance. Like, it's rare for Liz to get away with something. So it's kind of, it's kind of odd. I feel like that's why I think this episode should have been two parts where some, I don't know, you have to balance something out. Like, she can't just get away with it. It's not, poor Snitterman. He literally didn't do anything wrong. Ah, anyway. Poor he's the Jerry of this episode. The Jerry. Something? The Jerry Gergich. Gergary Gary Gary Gergich. What did, what did his name end up being by the end of that series? Because he started off as uh, Jerry. Well, it was always Jerry, but then it was like it was something that was supposed to pronounce Gary, but he just went with Jerry because that's what everyone called yeah. him. But you're right. There was I think there was a last like three or four. Times. There was another. There was one more in like the I guess maybe the last season or yeah. close to it, but I can't remember. Oof. It's been a long time since. So, yeah, I think like they changed his name like three or four times, but it was all like similar. He's like two R's or one R's, and the, the, the pronunciation was like a little bit different. But he ended up being the mayor, right? In that season sounds six? right. Right. Well, in the seventh because that's when they pop into the future. No, I think he ended up being I the mayor in that. season six. I think it's been a really long. I, I, I haven't I'm, watched it since yeah, the series finale. I'm gonna so. go back to it soon, so I have to remind myself. But I feel like he because Bill Murray was the long talked about mayor and he did a quick cameo and he ends up passing away so they have to have an interim either either he's an interim mayor or he just gets elected because it's like a write-in campaign i don't remember hmm. i'll we'll have to wait and see and watch it again uh, but meanwhile nancy and jack finally have it out and it's it's this is the best moment i think the nancy character has outside of this season finale uh, and even then, I don't, <laughs> still don't like her character. But I think it's it's important character development for both uh, Jack and her. So here we go. So how was the open house? Well, somebody actually came for once. Nice young couple. Weird last name, though. I'm sure your name is weird to them. Any reason to open this? Did they make an offer? No, they didn't. Really? Are you sure? 
Yeah, that house is never gonna sell. I'm gonna take it off the market and see what happens in a year or so. Well, what about your plans? The condo, the store for pale teens? I can't run a store and make change for people. No, have another open house. I bet someone offers cash this time. Not with that broken doorbell. We'll have it fixed. Look, I had an offer, okay, for 10 grand over the asking price. So what's the problem? The problem is that I've been married for 23 years. A dumb house is just an excuse to stay put. You know, I'm, I'm not ready for a new life, Jack. Not ready, Nancy. We're 50. Yeah, and that's too old to rush into anything. You know, you're not from here anymore. You know, down in New York, people are like, let's get divorced. You marry the butler, and I'll be a gay optimum. It's different here. People judge you. Who cares what people around here think your neighbors named their daughter Belichick? I don't want to talk about it anymore. Of course you don't want to talk about it, you repressed Irish maniac. Don't want to talk about it. You must know that I have feelings for you. No, not talking. And I don't want to pressure you, but if you were divorced... No, let's go to Kelly's. Let's get some roast beef. Nancy, let me talk. I'll give you two words. Ten. Four. Final offer. I'll wait. Not forever. I'll try. Wicked hard. Huh? So that's uh, the episode. We got a post-credit scene that will explain and stuff later, but. Um... No, I, I, I particularly like that scene. Again, it's it's good character development for both. And it's a way to write Nancy off. Or not write her off, but put her on pause. Because the line, I'll wait, but not forever, means you gotta, you're boss of one. Your cameos are ticking, you know, in a few more episodes. But also, like, I've done everything you need to start committing. Or this isn't going to go anywhere. But um, I like that scene because as a stubborn person myself in terms of not I guess ignoring I guess yeah that's I mostly you can relate or not relate but you can uh, commiserate yeah uh, I'm not someone that likes to talk about things not, not necessarily good or bad I just prefer like if you it's I live by a very if you need to know you'll know kind of uh, uh ideal for the longest time so it's just like if it's important you'll find out about it or you'll know about it and if it's not then it just wasn't that important that you needed to know about it and I feel like that's one of the, the the small things that I sort of connect with Nancy on this and that she's just like uh she would rather just ignore it and push it down and it's all your repressed it. Irish heritage We're, I don't have that much repressed but it's that it's that idea of, of Irish repression is like yeah we just don't talk about things and then we die and then you don't have to worry about it anymore because it's yeah, gone, you're yeah. over. But it's like, that's one of the few things that I kind of relate to her on. It's just like, yeah. Whereas you're like, I literally don't even have to ask anything and you will provide uh, anything. So it's just like, you're different than me. Yes. But just find the John Mulaney joke about his Jewish wife and that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. 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 Agreed. That's true. Yeah. I, know, I like that scene though. But I also, again, that's that's one of those, like, it could have been a two-part episode. Like, that's where you leave it out on. And in the next episode, they either decide to continue or not. Because we won't see her for another few episodes. Because now we've got Elizabeth Banks coming in to start playing Avery Jessup. And I... Yeah, She's by far my favorite uh, relationship that Jack gets in. Because she's very much like him. Very uh, hard-headed and driven. 
and just like me first and then to have with everybody else i think and elizabeth makes this fantastic she hasn't done a bad thing that i've seen her in um so kudos elizabeth banks yeah i was saying no she is great in most things i would say having watched an episode of the press your luck revival game show host is probably not her most talented role but i don't know how many people that get those roles are really actually into those i feel like they're just i mean like they're likely filmed i mean we know they're filmed over the course of a week they probably do five or six episodes a day and that probably is like a full season right there and then they can like chill for the next few months but it's like i don't know how many people unless they're like on the on like the rebound like they haven't worked in a few years i feel like the energy they have for those kinds of shows are so average that it's just like i think it's just a paycheck for me not not diminishing their work but it's just like if that's how it sounds to you like she's just not like into it then it's just like well she's probably not it's probably not something maybe it's something like she's producing and she's already getting like enough from it that it's like yeah i'll commit to it but i'm not gonna go 100 percent on it i mean some people are are good at being game show hosts yeah well just just well i only watched one episode because it was just like I mean, I don't know, like, the, the classic, like, 70s or whatever it was game show was fun for being silly. Like, the ABC revival was just, like, so over the top. Like, on, like I mean, I literally saw this one episode once, a year ago, a year and a half ago, however long it was, and I could still hear this one of the contestants, this woman's voice, every time she just spit on the board saying, no whammies for this Grammy! No whammies uh, for this Grammy! Because her whole shtick was, like, she was a new grandma or something, so she would scream that every time, and just, like, it was just, like, so <laughs> ridiculous and over the top, but not in a way that was entertaining enough to want like to watch she's trying to give episode. herself a catchphrase exactly like, yeah ugh. well i mean I, I know that's what they do they coach people to be like wild Energetic. and just like that was in a way i mean like and, and the original is like silly and over the top in a way but like this was just like in a way that was like just too too much right just not not in a campy or silly or fun way and like it just, it's a too force. yeah exactly it's a too too much yeah. way. was pressure like that was the one when it originally ran that someone figured out the formula mm-hmm. and cheated the yeah pressure. i mean essentially cheated and, and won like several rounds or yeah he won a bunch of money because right because it was it was the same sequences over and over and then well after that they randomized it but yeah he meant he basically memorized all the sequences and won, and won mm-hmm. a lot of money there's a documentary about it that yeah it was on Amazon Prime. Sometimes it, it, it's. I think it's one of those things that pops up on the streaming sites. It goes back and forth between them all the time. So it might yeah. be. It might be somewhere now. But. Any other thoughts on Winter Madness? Right. Um. So I stand by my original opinion. I don't. <clears throat> I don't think it was a great episode. Just... I think it's one of the better filler episodes they've done. Um. But I. I. I would agree with you that it's like. There's not many laughs here. Um. But I. It's not the worst they've done. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it, it just, it, you know, to me, it wasn't that. I don't know. It, it wasn't that zany or edgy, and a lot of the jokes were based on just like things that are already have already been trodden on many times and didn't necessarily do it in a new way. So, yeah. But oh well. Yeah. No, we Can't were like, there, there's a few people that I work with, and we're all like teleconferencing in, and <clears throat> so our offices are split between here, uh, Massachusetts, and Florida. And half the team are out of out of Boston or, or out of the Massachusetts area. So there's a couple people that actually have lived in the Massachusetts area their entire lives or live there now. And so they're just always like sharing, you know, little facts and, and, and random trivia. And uh, we did a game yesterday. It was like match the facts to the person. And someone said they were uh, they grew up in Worcester, which is out of Massachusetts. And 
all of us thought, well, it must be the people that are from Massachusetts. And it wasn't. But then they were all giving us, like, it's actually not pronounced. Because we were all pronouncing it. Because it's W-O-R-E-S-T-E-R. Worcester. Well, phonetically, I would read that as, like, Worcester or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, War, War, Worcester, Worcester. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. Um, and they were like, no, it's actually pronounced Worcester. And then they were all like, you know, it's wicked hot. Some, like, they were just using all, like, the stereotypes. Yeah. You know, like, colloquialisms of Boston to sort of give us all a little bit of a laugh. Yeah, that like that accent. I mean, the accent is, it's it's no less funny to me than like a heavy southern accent. It's just like words are pronounced a little bit differently. Not I'm not laughing necessarily at you. I'm just laughing because words English language is stupid. Because words English language is stupid. Yeah. So yeah, proving my point. <laughs> yeah. No, I I, I uh, yeah. It's this is a good filler episode, but honestly, if you didn't have the Nancy storyline nothing really super memorable about this it would just sort of go the way of most filler episodes yeah i don't know i guess it was kind of i guess well is this is, is this julia moore's last episode or at no, least no, no. For a while, she or? is i know she's back in the season finale okay um, but, I but, think but she might show up one more time but i'll check okay. well, so basically it's like they they had this was going to be her last episode they, so they had to wrap it up so they're like okay how do we get them to put hit pause or break up or something so it's like like the the this is the episode they had to do it, so they had to get it there, and I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, I think they had the whole storyline in place that she would come back because that's why you have the line of all right, right, seven. right. But it also is a way you could write her out that if she didn't want to come back, storyline's over. Yeah. Um, but I know next week we do get Elizabeth uh, Banks in here as well as Jan Hooks. We finally get to meet Jenna's mom. I'm super excited about that. So, yeah, so Nancy won't come back for a few episodes. She'll be back near the finale. She'll come back in the Lee Marvin versus Jerry Hoover episode. So Elizabeth Banks will do some heavy lifting for the next few episodes of a love interest. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see Julianne more before the finale. But, yeah, she's, she's sort of a ticking clock in terms of her time on the show. Uh, but, yeah, any other thoughts on Winter Madness? Or shall we say adieu? Adieu. Adieu. All right, well, so the post-credit scenes is once again Tracy in Boston just delivering some mail, and the John Hancock character comes up once again to try and uh, right the wrongs of, of his hypocrisy, and Tracy's still too smart for him, uh, so he, he, he leaves them running away from him. Uh, but yeah, that's Winter Madness. As always, thank you for joining us on Go Today. If you like what we're doing, rating and reviewing and all that fun stuff is going to be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you next week in episode 70, season 4, episode 12, entitled Verna, where Jan Hooks finally comes on to play Jenna's mom, and I'm super excited for it because, one, Jan Hooks is amazing and awesome and is one of the best character actors of the last four years. Unfortunately, she's no longer with us, uh, but yeah, and Elizabeth Banks debuted, so a lot going on. So we will see you next week. Dave takes that. See you next time. Tracy, there you are. I want you to meet my fellow revolutionary and dear friend, Crispus Attucks. You can see John Hancock has black friends. Uh-huh. And where did you two meet? Why, we met at the Sons of Liberty gathering. Uh, when was that, Crispus? 1775? Really? So five years after Crispus Attucks was killed in the Boston Massacre? Run, Christmas! Hey, he's on to us! Come on!
on, how is female Larry Bird holding hands with a guy? What am I doing wrong? 